Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to Magic the Final Frontier, episode number 53. I'm Kevin Finkel, and on this podcast, we talk all about the MTG Frontier format, keeping our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. I'm joined today by my co-host... My name is Ryan Schwenk. I'm the Japan hobbyist out of Tokyo, Japan. As well as a special guest tonight. So we have with us Aaron Torres. You are joining us from... I'm Aaron Torres, but... I'm more known around the online community as Somnus. Yeah, everyone knows him as Somnus. Yeah, so anyone who knows him, this is Somnus. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself with your history of Magic? Yeah, so I started playing Magic around Gate Crash. So that was like seven years ago when I was in sixth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a youngin'. <laughs> okay, so uh, what, when did you get into Frontier? Can you tell us a little bit of your Frontier background? Okay, so... I think I got into Frontier around roughly August 2017, around the release of Hour of Devastation. Mm -hmm. And I was also the one after a few months, I enjoyed the format, so I eventually restarted the Cockatrice League, which was basically the first of the online leagues after the original one died out. Mm -hmm. So what got you into Frontier? Like, what did you like about it? Mm -hmm. There was some interest in my store around it, and I basically started playing the the format competitively around uh, Council Tarkir Theros. So when those kinds of Tarkir cards mm-hmm. really just rotated out, I was looking for new ways in order to play them again. So when I found out about Frontier from people at my shop, I was just, yeah, I should try it. And I enjoyed the format overall, so I'm still playing it until now. Ah. So people at your local game shop uh, actually got you into it. That's cool. So you're joining us from the Philippines today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So specifically for today, what we wanted to talk about is Johnny's. So this is continuing our episode from last week where we talked about Timmy players and what they might be interested in Frontier, what Frontier brings them that they can't find in other formats. And for this week, we really want to move on to Johnny's. So we got what we think is one of the one of the great Johnny online players that we know, uh, a good friend of ours, Aaron here. So we're hoping that you can give us a little bit of the perspective of what it's really like as a Johnny player, if we're defining well, that. So uh, yeah, let's again quick define yes. that. What does Johnny mm. mean? So for me, being a Johnny player basically means you want to win with style. You're trying to abuse certain combos or just use a certain synergy of the cards in order to shape a way in, to, to win that's not often conventional. You're just It's just not like the normal times where you're trying to play control or you're just trying to attack people with creatures. You're just... Trying to play an unfair game of magic, basically. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great... That agrees with how I look at it, too. I don't think it's just about, oh, I want to do something fun and silly and not competitive. I think I think Johnny's can be some of very competitive people. But it's about doing something with style. It's about doing something that's fun. Winning your own way and not just winning yeah. the way that everyone else is winning. Okay. Winning your own way, yeah, definitely. So I think... Yeah, that. So I chose Somnus for this episode because uh, he's been winning with Johnny decks over the last couple seasons. So maybe we can start today by talking about what you think is one of the best Johnny decks in the format. So tell us a little bit about what what you did really well with uh, these last okay. few seasons, Aaron. So around the release of Dominaria, I was actually looking for some new combos with the spoilers, as I usually do, and then. Kevin over here just basically told me about the combo between the cards Jessica Ascendancy and the new release card then Sylvan Awakening. So basically how that works is mm-hmm. all when all of your creatures become I went sorry, when all of your lands become creatures and then you cast another spell, mm-hmm. it basically untaps all of your lands. 
turning all of your lands into indestructible mana dorks. So you can basically storm off with that with enough cantrips and access to treasure crews and the loot triggers of Ascendancy. It was just a very powerful deck overall. That's why I played it eventually. I love it. I love it. So I wasn't sure if you were going to want to go back further. I mean, uh, me and you had actually yeah. been testing other versions <laughs> of an Ascendancy combo in Frontier before we even got to that. So we were trying things like um, Cryptolith Rites uh, yeah. along with all... Locust God. <laughs> things like that. Would, were yeah. actually really funny, but not, they were not... You also tried versions with like Radical Mystic, Nagaviralist. That, I don't remember what that 4-drop was called that produces 2 mana when exerted. But I also tried that too, so, but but nothing really got you there until yeah. Sylvan. Awakening. Basically, the biggest part about Sylvan Awakening is that it allows you to cast something that costs more than one mana, which was the biggest problem back then. The one mana cantrips in the frontier aren't actually good enough to allow you to storm off. But once we got access to Sylvan Awakening, we could play things like anticipate, strategic planning, which basically was what made the deck overall. Mm-hmm. And I think Opt helped out a lot as well in Dominaria. You know, Opt, the one mana, Scry, and then uh, uh, draw card. I believe that was already legal around Ixalan. But, yeah, I think I tried the version was before it? Ixalan was even oh, released. Yeah. So, yeah, the point stands. Alright, so why don't we talk a little bit more in the generic. Let's talk about some of the... Do you want to do Johnny decks and then talk about some Johnny-specific cards yeah. that haven't found a deck yet? Yeah, let's do that. Let's Let's talk about Johnny decks first. So... What other list do you guys? Sorry, what other cards do you guys? Sorry, what other decks do you guys have on your list? What other Johnny decks mm. are out there? So, I actually have a list here. So, I have a few of these Johnny decks that I believe have already been established as viable, or at least have been in the tier list at some point in Frontier. So there's Four Color Sahili, which I'm pretty sure everyone knows about. There's also Etherworks Marvel. I was gonna say we talked about Aetherworks uh, Marvel uh, last week in our in our other uh, podcast. We're saying it's kind of a mix between a Spike uh, yeah. and a Johnny deck. Would you agree? Well, yeah, we were discussing it as Timmy. Or is so it Timmy? We Sorry, saying, Timmy. Yes. Is it a Timmy? Is it a Spike? Mm. Is it a Johnny? deck? Oh yeah. I said it's kind of a Spike deck because it's about a really big Eldrazi, but you don't actually really win with it. You kind of just oh hey here's my here's my Emrakul. Yeah. You show it off the top of your deck, and the opponent concedes. They don't usually you know play it out afterwards. Yeah, so is Aetherworks a true deck, I'm guessing? Aetherworks Marvelous, for a Johnny deck, is actually very streamlined. So it actually overlaps on the lines of Johnny, Spike, and Timmy, in my opinion. Because there are going to be some games where you're going to hardcast those Eldrazi when you get to the late game. But for the most part, it's basically a streamlined combo deck trying to win as soon as possible with turn 4, Ulamogs or Emrakuls, and similar stuff. Okay, so the next deck you were talking about was Rally the Ancestors. So... With Rally the Ancestors, this is almost like a value combo deck. Very similar to Four Colors Sahili in that there it has a lot of value creatures creatures which generate incremental advantages. But it also has a combo engine in Zulaport Cutthroat and Nantuko Husk, which basically allows you to drain the opponent for every creature you sacrifice. So when you play Rally the Ancestors And once you've got all those tools together. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically a very deterministic kill. So is it is it consistent enough now, or are there just more consistent combo decks? Like compare Jeskai Ascendancy to Rally. Is Jeskai Ascendancy the better combo deck? Hmm. Let's see. The in your opinion, I, I don't think Rally's yeah. that good right now as far as how, how strong. If it is I recall correctly, format. the very it can win. Yeah, but the very reason that Rally is actually not being played right now is because of its abysmal Atarka Red matchup. 
I remember being on. Wait, I remember Loop telling me about their testing on Rally versus Atarka, and he said that the matchup was almost completely unwinnable at that point, which is why it basically faded from the meta game online. Yeah, I can see that. It takes it's just it takes like what that turn five, you know, kind of to really really go off. I think. Yeah, and actually turn it's it's actually turn five isn't even that consistent when you think about it because sometimes you just won't get enough creatures to set up a deterministic kill. It's just not fast enough, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had Aetherworks, we had Jeskai Sense, so you got Rally, and we had a Sahili combo as well. So. Mm -hmm. Sahili combo mm -hmm. hasn't seen a lot of play on Untap recently. I mean, is this just because people got bored of it, or is it not good right now? What do you think? Actually, I think that there's no one who's got a handle on the exact build that's right. I think yeah. it's very strong right now. I think that it's gotten some good tools in the last couple sets that people haven't fully utilized. Um, and, and it's kind of just, you know, it has to make some meta calls about what decks it's going to be bad against. It's pretty easy to be bad against Atarka as Sahili, but if you're going to make your matchup against Atarka good, you're giving up a lot of other places. So mm -hmm. you kind of have to make that call before the season, and I don't think anyone's been ready yeah, to do that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you need more data to make a good deck. It's it's like a good late season combo deck, I think. When everything's already mm -hmm. been solved, yeah. And you when you know what to target, yeah. Sahili can actually be a very good deck overall because it has the tools to beat almost everything. But the thing is, you can only beat one thing at a time. You can't beat everything. Yeah. Yeah. If you're sideboarding for ten other decks, you're you're gonna yeah. lose. All right. Any other uh, good combo? decks that you guys think should be on this list? Well, I was going to say, on the topic of Sahili, I've brought up a few times that I've played a lot of different versions of Sahili, most of them, you know, ending up being worse. So if we're going to talk Johnny, we might as well talk about, like, five-color Sahili. We could talk about Monument Sahili. Oh, yeah, that was a fun deck. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just give a quick brief, like, what I... The, the idea behind that deck was that I wanted to play out the... What was the five drop dinosaur that comes in and it makes a three three dinosaur and it gives the uh, other yeah. dinosaurs haste? Regisaur Alpha. Yeah, Regisaur Alpha. I, I I wanted to play that along with Sahili because I was like, oh, you clone it and then you swing for seventeen, that seems or fourteen or whatever it is, something good like that. But my idea was that you kind of need to be pressuring their life total or that's not a win con. So I was like, okay, you know what pressures their life total? Siege Rhino. <laughs> uh, so it ended <laughs> up being a four color or five color Sahili deck and huh. uh, it was all right. Mono was yeah. really bad though. Sounds like it needs some more, some more pieces to, to be really good. Um, so on that topic, another Sahili variant, Marvel. Um, I know that you were yeah, one of people... Marvel Sahili. Yeah, Marvel Sahili is definitely a deck that uh, you Marvelli was the name I think you had for it. So what was good about that deck? What's the uh, wait, what's the call to, to action there? Uh, okay, so in the early days of Frontier, it was actually very good because the tools you need in order to beat a Sahili deck and a Marvel deck are completely different. So. Basically, you could have hate cards for Marvel and hate cards for Sahili, but you couldn't have them both most of the time. That was what, that was what made it very good. So basically, you could play as a Marvel deck game one, and then you could side in and out whichever combo you feel is less configured towards the opposing sideboard. Especially since there were open deck lists for the early days. Even now, I believe. However, it was during Ixalan that that deck actually became almost obsolete, to be mm -hmm. honest. Would you say because it's because? So uh, would you say it's because the aggro decks um, now, instead of being specific to have, oh, I have hate for a tar for a Sahili, it's just, oh, I'm I'm fast enough to kill Sahili, I'm fast enough to kill Marvel. Yeah, that's actually one of the things. Atarka became a lot faster than before. 
Another thing is the release of Sorcerer's Spyglass. Mm-hmm. A lot sense. of people used to run three or four of those even in the sideboard. So it basically destroyed the whole philosophy behind the deck, which was to create a combo deck that could be hated out on one side, but with the other side being completely intact, basically. Yeah, and Spyglass hit both of them. All right, so how about you, uh, Ryan? What places have you jammed the Sahili combo in Frontier? I've never tried jamming Sahili into anything. I, I hate that card. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I, am, I am not a fan of Sahili. Um, so, I, I mean, I had a few more. I was going to say I've tried Monument. Um, so there's the... Uh, oh, Ketra's Monument. Rona, yeah, Ketra's Monument uh, makes your white creatures cost one less and gives you a soldier every time you cast one. Uh. And you play that alongside with, like, Reflector Mage and, of course, the Sahili combo gives you a nice thing to do um i've tried ramp in marvel like uh with evolution what is it uh eldritch evolution as a way to uh. you turn one of your creatures into the sahili combo um i've tried sahili combo with wayward sword dudes in it as a way to ramp yourself and um just be able mm. to you know you're bouncing your tireless trackers and your renegade rallyers just getting a whole ton of lands huh. into play um, what else have I done? Uh, I tried a mono red Sahili recently. That was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's also this. I think the what people think is the stock version of Sahili at the moment, at least in the online meta game, is that version that had, I believe, Elder Deep Fiends. Mm, yeah, that's usually the more controlling version, but that's definitely been around. Yeah. Then the Planeswalker oh, oh, versions. Got... I've got more. I've got more. Um, packed. Uh. Cat Pact was a ah, demonic sort pact. of kind of demonic yeah, but pact see, along with cat. <laughs> is mm-hmm. so demonic cat with cat? You mean like Felidar Sovereign or like another cat? No, no demonic pact. So there's this. Or sorry, Felidar one, Guardian. Yeah, yeah. So there's this one four mana four mana enchantment, I believe, that has four modes, and you get to pick one each turn until the last one. Yeah. Where you, it says you lose the game, but there's a card called Harmless Offering, in which you can choose yes. one of your permanents and give it to the opponent. So it basically wins that way. So it's basically okay. a dual combo deck in that sense. Yeah, so it also has the Sahili combo, and, and the the synergy there is that you play Felidar Guardian, and it bounces the Pact, and then you get to replay all of the good modes. So it's Cat Pact Cat. It's Cat Pact Cat. Mm-hmm. Right? Two cats. And yeah, and then the other synergy is that the Harmless Offering card has a cat on it, so... Okay, so uh, I, last one, I don't really have anything a... else on my list for the, the top-tier decks. Did you guys have any other decks that you thought were a good combo? Like, top-tier. I mean, there's a lot of jank out there, but uh, there's there's, a lot of I don't know there. if there's anything tier, tier one, tier I two. I think that the version of God Pharaoh's Gift I've been playing is, is top-tier. No one else seems to believe me, but I think it's that good. So God Pharaoh's Gift with which cards? So God Pharaoh's Gift, that's... Yeah, that's the seven mana artifact, but you bring it out usually with the three mana artifact that if you have six or more creatures in your graveyard, you tap, sacrifice it, and search for the seven mana card. Uh, And then each turn it brings back a creature from your graveyard as a 4-4 with haste. Actually, I believe I tried one one version of Godfear's Gift when I was on Untap, but the mana wasn't good enough for it at a time. So basically how my version worked was that I played Soulfire Grandmaster in the deck, and then I Mm -hmm. I played Madcap Experiment in it. With okay. Godfear's Gift being the only artifact in the deck. So basically how that works is... Madcap Experiment deals damage to myself... Based on the number of cards it took me in order to find the Godfear's Gift in my deck. However, since Soulfire mm-hmm. Grandmaster actually has lifelink... 
I don't have to pay any life for it. Yeah, so Ryan, I know you were hoping to make this not that long of an episode, but I think that me and uh, Samnus, we're, we're going to be able to go back and forth on some crazy <laughs> ideas we've had yeah. and not even be able to talk about with everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I was more of a Timmy. I was happy with the Timmy episode, so you guys, please, take over the Johnny episode. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so there's actually one more, I believe that, or there's one more Johnny deck that I believe is very close to Tier 1, if not already in Tier 1. And I think that's like Green Black Elves. Yes, that was on my list. Interesting. So what kind of elves deck are you thinking of it as? Hmm. So basically, it's like that Green Black deck. Do you remember that the, the Green pack, Black right? Elves deck that Epthopper played in the Uptap Omen League? I believe that was last season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he plays a very traditional version. I think his yeah. is good. I think he's got Collected Company, Driven to Despair. Um, when I think of really Johnny with elves, I think of what elves used to look like, which had like, uh, what was Panharmonicon. Uh, Panharmonicon in it, and then it would use Woodland Bellower to be a combo with that. That was a very, um, very, uh, that was a Johnny version of the deck, I think. <laughs> yeah. The Woodland Bellowers, yeah. Court of Calling, Sylvan Messengers. Was that Sylvan Messenger, mm-hmm. the four drop that looks at the top five and takes two elves? Yeah, top four, and it could take any number of elves. Yep, those are definitely decks. Uh, so how about some more uh, less tier one decks? Okay, so I have a long list here. I believe I have like... Two, 11 well, or 12 should we talk a little bit? So should we talk about like the decks and cards now that aren't good enough? Hmm. Okay, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think as a true Johnny nature, we, we might argue with the idea that they're not good enough. They're just uh, maybe not refined good enough yet. Yeah, but maybe yeah. they are. Have, good, they, no, no, yeah, no one has found the best list yet. Yeah, true, true. Either, it's either that or we're still missing a few pieces in order to really make it great. Basically, definitely. Right. And I think I'll bring that up a couple times. I'll be like, hey, what would it take to make this deck good? So here's one that I think is surprisingly near the borderline, and I, I know we were just talking about Sahili, but did you ever see the the Sahili deck with um, oh Trespasser's Curse in it, along with the you, you, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the card. Impact Tremors. Uh, it makes yeah, um, not Impact Tremors. It makes creatures for your opponent. Yeah, that's the dagger, right? The uh, Dowser's Dagger. Yes, Dowsing Dagger along with the cat combo and Trespasser's Curse. And that was uh, a kind yeah, of monocon deck actually. Yeah. I think I came across I think I came across that like one of the seasons of the Untapable I believe it was the season I played Ascendancy first. I believe that yeah, was and season... I think that deck actually that deck finished pretty well. It was on our stream one time, looked okay on there. Yeah. And that was a very poorly built version of it. Um, I've played yeah. around with that off of there, and, and I think that there's some potential for that kind of deck. I think I finished top 16 around that time, right? Within the top 16. Yeah, but that not in the top right. 8. So yeah, how it won was, yeah, you put Trespasser's Curse in on the opponent, and that deals damage whenever they get a creature into play. And then you give them all these effects that continue to give them creatures. And then you had, I think, other stuff that doubled that and tripled that, so... They end up killing themselves by getting free creatures. It's yep. Super yeah. crazy deck. I think it's also pretty good because you get to have an excuse to mean board trespassers curse, which is a pretty good card into a Tarkaran. <laughs> Especially the old versions that ran Hordling Outburst and Dragonfather. Yeah, so it hurts us a little bit that they've kind of moved away from that. Yeah. I think that deck could be okay. close. Um so what's one that you think is close? Hmm. Actually there's a new there's a new combo deck that's actually pretty viable right now, but I'm not quite sure how to make it work yet. So, 
Have you ever heard of Runaway is Steamkin? It... Yes. Yeah. So, basically how it works is, you can play a hardened skills, and then you play a lot of red, one mana cantrip. So basically, each spell nets you two mana. So you get to accumulate a lot of mana while drawing cards. You play cards like mm-hmm. Act on Impulse to make sure that you keep drawing gas. And then eventually you can finish them with something like either a Lethal Banefire or um, an Either Flux. What was it again? Either Flux Reservoir? The one that takes uh-huh. 50 yeah, yeah, damage. Yeah. I was definitely going to bring up Aether Flux Reservoir. I was going to say, I, I feel like yeah. there's a few ways to try and make that work in front of you. There's here. a lot of ways you Have can you had success that. with any of them? Cheerios. Would you call it Cheerios or would you call it an eggs deck? Yeah, so there, there's a version of Cheerios. Um, generally, with the paradoxical outcome, lets you bring any number mm-hmm. of cards back to your hand and draw a card for each one. So generally, it kills around turn five, turn six. You know, you play the Aetherflux Reservoir, you play a whole bunch of zero-cost cards, you bring them all back, draw a whole bunch more cards, play them all again. You hit, you know, nine, ten spells in one turn, that's enough to kill somebody. I played against a version of the paradoxical grid deck. I believe it was my win in for season six. And I think the the only thing that's really missing from the deck is that is that it's just one or two turns slower than most combo decks, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, with very little interaction either. So I did see some people playing like a Jeskai version that was using SRAM and Joyra and Mox Opal, and the Mox hmm. Opal kind of helped out a lot as as far as you know, giving them that extra earlier turn. If they had the you know a lot of Mox Opals available, they could go off a little bit earlier. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. The thing is that a lot of the combo pieces are at 4 mana. So basically, yeah. even if yeah. you cast one of them on turn 2, you'll still have to cast the other one on turn 4. And it basically takes a lot of pieces to get going at a reasonable pace. Whereas things like Sahili combo or Ascendancy can just combo off on turn 4 if you don't answer them properly. Mm, yeah. And they can find their pieces easier. Okay, my turn? Is it my turn? Yeah, go ahead. So you guys know that I've been playing Scapeshift forever. I've been trying to get it to work. <laughs> yeah. I can't get it to work. It's close okay. to working. So, like, I think, like, Scapeshift or, like, Splendid Reclamation are, like, two combo cards that I think are really close to becoming viable. But I don't know what they need. What do you guys think? Do you, do you think hmm. there's a combo in there somewhere? I think they need a better combo piece than Retreat to Hagra, basically. Yeah, that's what I've been trying. We need a fair plan. Like I feel like you need, you, need, yeah. you need Knight of the Reliquary. Yeah, that's something, something like a big creature. So creature that gets bigger with yeah. like... The, well, I mean, I do have Multani, the Yavimaya, uh, whatever, Avatar. He he gets big, but he's like six mana. Yeah, that's yeah. not a So like, he just gets yeah. like Braska's Contempt, and then, oh, there goes my 2020 guy. Yeah, that's true. Play the, I play against Scapechef deck, deck a lot of times. And speaking of Scapechef, so I know in Modern, people are using uh, Bring to Light. Bring to Light's another card, I think, that has a lot of potential, but I just don't know where the combo is right now. Hmm. I think Bring to Light yeah. has been actually held back by Frontier's mana as of late. But with the release of Ravnica Allegiance, and we're basically almost guaranteed to get the new shocks. I think it has a better chance you... moving into this season than before. I think the other thing with so... Bring to Light is that if you're not... There's not so much at 4 or 5 mana that just wins you the game. I mean, if you're paying f- five mana to get out a Siege Rhino, which is kind of what people did with Bring the Light and Standard, that's just yeah. not good enough in Frontier. A five yeah. mana Siege Rhino is not a card <laughs> I play in Frontier. Okay, so what other cards do you guys think have potential? Hmm? What other cards do you guys think have potential to be a good, a good combo deck or a good... Maybe they need a couple more pieces to be good in the future. Hmm. Ah, yeah. So... 
Did you come across that one SCG tour where someone was playing a dubious challenge deck? Ooh, no, I don't think I no. saw that. So basically, that how was... that mo it was a modern deck basically. So what it does it is it has things like Emrakul, the Promised End, and Gristlebrand. So dubious challenge is a card. It's a four mana card. It's three colorless and one green. You get to look at the top ten cards, and you select two creatures among those ten. Then you show those to your opponent, he chooses one, and then you get the other. So basically how that works is you can... Uh, the, the deck used like, I think it was Glimmer Void Stag or Glimmer Point Stag, I'm not sure what it's actually called. It basically blinks the creature from your opponent and brings it to your side. So hmm. whether they choose okay. the other creature or the big creature, you get both or one of them. So it's actually very viable. It's actually viable in fr Frontier right now because... There's one card, Tristani Discordant, that at the mm -hmm. end of, the, at the beginning of your end step, you, all, uh, how do yeah the creatures yeah you, you get all creatures to return the, to the you owner. own yeah. yeah yeah interesting. Mm. All right, so I want to give that a try. That's these. something I've never seen before. Yeah. So what do you guys? Do? I think it's just missing hmm. another thing like, another effect like Tristani, something that blinks or takes back control of creatures. I really think that's all it's missing. Mm -hmm. Well, sp talking about blinking creatures, Eldrazi Displacer. There was Ooh. an Eldrazi Displacer combo deck with Zulaport. It's kind of like an Aristocrats uh, yeah. type thing. Is that any good? Is that better it's than not, Rally I've tried as far as a lot as of times. <laughs> it's something I've been mm. playing for a long time. It just doesn't it plays... quite do what it needs to do. The Brood Monitor six mana, right? When Brood Monitor comes into play, it makes three yeah. uh, Cyan tokens, which you can sacrifice for one mana. So you sacrifice all three of them, you get three mana. That's enough to blink the Brood Monitor. So yeah, you have something blink, like a Zulaport in play. Yeah. Infinite that Death kills Triggers, it. basically. It's not very good. Not very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just a standard deck, right? Yeah, it's a lot of pieces that don't really work well together. It's hard to find them. It's uh, tough on the mana because you're four colors, or three colors and colorless. What yeah, do you guys true. think? What do you guys think of uh, Rainbow Lich in Frontier? So I was going to bring up Lich, because I've mm. tried that in a couple places. So Lich's Mastery, that's the six-man enchantment. Uh, it's hexproof, and whenever you gain life, you draw a card. Whenever you lose life, you exile a card from your hand, play, graveyard. Hand, play, or graveyard. Hmm. Oh, and if it leaves this play, you lose the game. So the one I, yeah. I want to say is that the, I feel like the card gets underestimated. To me, it's kind of like the perfect control finisher, because it stabilizes the board, because suddenly you have a whole huge pool of life because you've got your whole graveyard as a life pool now your whole mm -hmm. whatever else is a mm -hmm. life pool now and it draws you cards like that's exactly what I want a control finisher slash stabilizer to do yeah and you so take extra turns as well right does Lich's Mastery actually give hexproof to the player or it just has hexproof uh, on its own it has hexproof itself, itself. um yeah and uh. yeah you also can't lose the game with it in play mm. I think the problem with that is that Dromokas Command is actually a played card in Frontier. So, it's not really. Uh, that's kind of my point, is that I, I feel like I never wanted to touch Lich's Mastery before, but I think that even the deck, I, I feel like the only real deck that was playing it was the Abzan decks, and they've moved on to mm -hmm. having Knight of Autumn and oh, Assassin's fair. Trophy, they have better and they've kind of stopped basically. playing Dromokas Command now. Yeah, Knight of Autumn and also, uh, what was the other one? Assassin's Trophy was the other one everyone's playing now. Yeah. So there's also, no, no reason to kind of play Dromokas Command. 
Yeah, the bat decks that actually used it very well before have just pretty much disappeared from the metagame for some reason. Hmm. Um, so as far as going very Johnny with it, I have seen some fun things. Like I was trying the deck with that and with there's the um there's a couple of cards that make you lose the game and then if you've got that in play they don't do anything. So one of oh, them so gives think... you an extra turn and one of them makes all of your creatures indestructible and mm. so else. things like glorious end basically. Yeah, glorious end, and then the one that makes you take an extra turn makes your dudes indestructible. So both of those mm. together, it 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 wasn't great. <laughs> it was fun, <laughs> but it wasn't great. Yeah. Any other cards, guys? Oh, I can keep going. I can keep going. I have a lot of lists on it too. So you guys go. So here's a fun. Here's a fun one. Uh, how about Sunbird's Invocation? Yes, that was on my list. <laughs> so that that is a six mana red enchantment, and whenever you cast a spell from your hand, you reveal the top X cards of your library, where that's its mana cost, and you can cast a spell that costs that amount or less. So you cast a seven mana spell, you look at the top seven, and cast anything seven or less. Um, I actually had a deck I was trying with it. It I only really talk about the deck because it had the best name ever. I called it Crazy Eights. Huh. Um, you would use Elder Deep Fiend and Dig Through Time, which are both eight uh... mana spells but they cost a mm-hmm. lot less to actually cast, so you could cast one or two mm. of them in a turn and get a Sunburn's Invocation each time. I remember a version of that that so, was also using, I believe, was it Approach of the Second Sun? The seven yeah. Mana... That's also an option, yeah. So if you're in yeah. white, that that can make you win the game on the spot if you can find a second one in the top seven. That's mm. so crazy, Interesting. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, that was a fun deck. It, actually, it never really, never really took off in standard though. You know, actually, a new card in the uh, the spoilers I'm looking at might be good with Sunbird's Invocation. Yeah. Which one? I think it was just too slow for its standard at the time. It yeah, was a very I'm aggressive sure mana, if I recall correctly. Six mana doing things are pretty hard to play. <laughs> That's probably during Ramenup's red, Ramenup Red's um, reign. Mardu vehicles as well. That was also a fast deck yeah. at the time. This <laughs> was. Now, what was the card you said, uh, Kevin? What were you talking about? Which card is going to help it? Oh, so it's the um the new, it's like a wheel of fortune kind of card. Is like seven mana in blue and white. I think would be interesting with Sunbird Invocation. Um, emergency uh, so powers. Yeah, addendum. Yeah, yeah emergency yeah, yeah. powers with addendum. You can play a seven mana card. For free or something like that, mm-hmm. or is it any color? So any you can put this into play, or you can, you know, and then it's a big spell to cast after that and be able to wheel through some stuff. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Starfield of Nyx? You know, we've talked about okay. that a few times, and I, I think I've is talked about why it's not powerful right now, what it's really missing. But that's something. Is I'd it like a combo deck though? Again. You know, all it would take is a real enchantress or something to give your yeah. dudes hexproof. Something like that. Oh, Starfield? Or... Yeah, Starfield and X. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it is a Johnny deck. I think the real problem with Starfield was that the engine just simply wasn't fast enough at the time, and there wasn't enough payoff, really. I think the only payoff for yeah. playing a lot of enchantments was Herald of the Pantheon, and the enchantments mm. themselves weren't actually good enough to set up a lock, basically. You don't have any propaganda effects or anything like that. So I could see us returning to Theros in the future, maybe as like one of those one-off uh, sets that they do. That could give yeah. us a lot more enchantment creatures that could actually make that deck viable. Yeah, I would That's expect that fair. to be actually not too far in the future either. Hmm. You know, maybe yeah, we could. Have... could actually make the deck work in theory. 
Oh, if it gets reprinted, yeah. It's four mana, right? Two, two. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, but then you also get already have. Enchantress, but I don't see yeah, it happening for the standard. Cool. Hmm. All right. What so, how about some here? cards that don't have a home but are really uh, Johnny cards? Kind of, kind of moving on to our next almost topic, and then we'll talk about what the main thing was is what what Frontier offers for a Johnny player. How about Thousand Year Storm? So, the first thing I have on my list, I believe it. Uh, yeah, it is. It's Storm the Vault. I was actually mm, testing so, with this card a lot at the beginning. You said Dynavolt. So, what, what exactly is that? That's the four Which mana blue red enchantment that flips. Yeah, basically turns into a Tularian Academy, was it? The one that produces one blue mana for each artifact you control. So yeah, I was yeah, trying I to. Color. Yeah, I was trying to play a blue red shell with this and all the improvised stuff. I was basically trying to play an improvised control deck with Reverse Engineer, Metallic Rebuke, um, Maverick Thopterist, and all the other good stuff. Okay. Like other decks, it just didn't have enough pieces at the time. Hmm. Hmm. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah, I was saying on my list, a uh, thousand year storm. Ah, Ooh, it's like a, it's a storm card basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another one that would. Be, uh, <laughs> there's got to be some way to break that, but it's not really there in frontier, I don't think. I, I heard people are doing all right with it in modern. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's possible in the future if we get you know good cantrips, good burn spells, and stuff like that. I, I think it's. They could see some play. Yeah, I think the real thing that Thousand Year Storm needs is like a ritual or some way to accelerate it efficiently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else is on your guys' list? So, there's also Indomitable Creativity. Mm-hmm. So what is that one? So, it's uh, it's a sorcery. It's X and 3 red. Exile any number of creatures or artifacts you control. And it does a madcap experiment impersonation basically where it reveals top cards until it finds the next artifact or creature card depending on the number mm-hmm. of things you sacrifice so they would the way it was abused was that it played either Zetalpa or Emrakul the Promised or Ulamog and it played effects like Raise the Alarm so basically those Eldrazi Titans and the big creatures were the only creatures in the deck so you could basically okay. accelerate mm-hmm. them out in turn 4 mm-hmm. so what so let's quick think about this. If we could get maybe two or three specific creatures or artifacts, and those are the only creatures or artifacts in our deck, how could we win the game like that? Hmm? We could get we could get a stop out as soon as turn four. So we, that's almost always enough to win the game, basically. Zetalpa, you said? Ah, uh, yeah. So speaking of Zetalpa in a deck, um, I didn't talk about Soul Flare. I think that's another one that's a very Johnny deck and actually is very strong. But a little too inconsistent right now is the biggest problem with it. Mm. So Soul Flare is a cool card. When you play it, you delve up to four cards, and for each, um, and for the abilities that the creatures you delve away have, it gets those abilities. So it can get like haste, it can get flying, trample, first strike, a whole bunch of things. What's really cool on the card is its interaction with Knight of Grace and Knight of Malice. Um, those are the ones that mm-hmm. have hexproof from blank. But that counts as a hexproof ability for ah, so the Soul it basically Flare. protects so, Soul Flare from everything. Yes, it gives it true hexproof. So that's an easy way to get. It gives it hexproof and first strike, and those are both playable cards on their own. So I was playing mm-hmm. it in black and white, playing Zatalpa, playing some things like um, there's the Flying Vigilance Life Link guy, 
Uh, mm-hmm. A number of good cards like that. So, And then you can fill up your graveyard a lot better with stuff like Stitcher's Supplier. So you fill your graveyard, you make it, you know, you can get a turn two, four, four, first strike, hex proof, lifelink, flying, whatever else. And that is usually mm. more than enough to win the game. Yeah. So from Soul Flayer, I think what it's missing is probably better ways to look for Soul Flayer or at least a decent backup plan. Because most Soul Flayer decks tend to have an anemic an dynamic game plan when they don't have the soul flare or when their soul flare gets edicted or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you guys have any more cards, please go ahead. I'm I'm pretty much giant out at this point. So you know, I'm <laughs> sure we'll think of a dozen ones later, just because that's how we're always we're always thinking of something new and fun. Um, like I know there's some small ones I haven't talked about. Like I'd love to oh, talk yeah. about. Um, Impact have you ever tried playing but... Hornet Nest and Marvel? Because I haven't. Ooh. I think I've so, probably had it in the sideboard of a Marvel deck, but not specifically. Like I, I think I've had it alongside Hour of Devastation, and just have never played them both successfully. Played both of them at the same time. So, I actually like Hornet Nest because it could potentially one allow us to have a main board, a main board card against aggro decks, and two, it actually could serve as a secondary combo because hmm. Hardness Lightning in the deck can basically deal. An insane amount of damage to the hornet nest and create something like 10 to 15 1 1 tokens out of nowhere so that's something to look at yeah but if it gets fatal pushed yeah that's the <laughs> well, big guess, problem I guess right you're there. not out the energy but yeah that is the problem in general yeah uh how about turbo fog do you guys consider that to be a johnny deck hmm. oh yeah turns yeah, they're like turbo turns, turns yeah. kind of decks. I think we'll probably be discussing those again soon because I think that's a very real deck moving into the next season. Especially with growth spiral, growth spiral coming out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that that card's quite good in that kind of deck. I mean, there's a lot of the real enabler make, cards. Sorry. I think the real decision to make for turns decks is whether they want to stay in band and just stick to Teferi, or whether they want to splash into red and have fevered visions. Because hollow hmm. might uh, howling mind effects are very important in those kinds of decks mm-hmm. yes definitely alright so I think right now that we've kind of named a whole bunch of decks I think that there's if any of these decks interest people who are listening to the show make sure to just reach out to one of us we'd be happy to talk about the deck talk about brewing it send you a deck list if we've got one but let's talk a little bit more about Johnny's in general in Frontier so my question has kind of been what does Frontier offer a Johnny player that another format might not offer hmm. good question so the, the thing about Frontier is it's a very unsolved format in that, yeah, we have a meta game, but there are still a lot of things that have yet to be discovered. I mean, we're finding new combos in the cards day by day, but a lot of these combos mm-hmm. may not be good enough yet, but there's some potential for them to become real decks as more cards come out. Hmm. So it's basically yeah. a brewer's paradise. Yeah, I think that's similar to what I would say, and I think the part I would add to that is that it's actually competitive to be able to be able to look at these yeah. combos and try them out as a deck. Like, all of these things like, are legal in modern as well, but modern mm-hmm. has such a fast game. It has such a fast answers already existing that any of these fun things really just, they, they stand no chance to get even out of the starting gate. With modern, it's either you play the meta or you don't play at all, basically, most of the time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you were saying, like with Sahili, has like 10 different versions that you can build. <laughs> I think that's also something that could bring Johnny's to the Frontier format is that Hey, you like Sahili? Try it this way. Try it this way. Try it this way. There's so many different ways to try it. Yeah. And I also think that the way that they make sets nowadays, they tend to make a lot of seeds. They'll make, oh, this is a seed for the deck that won't exist until a couple sets later. 
and sometimes mm-hmm. they don't even sometimes those sets have pretty much rotated out before everything comes together and mm-hmm. when you get to play in frontier you get to see all of those seeds all those little breadcrumbs they've laid across different sets and you get to finally put the pieces together that you've been trying to and not working in standard see and that and that gives me hope as well because you know you know that they were working on some kind of postmodern format for a while when you start seeing this stuff come together you know after you know so many seasons after like the the other cards have like rotated out yeah so yeah i really hope they go super far back when it standard plus comes out yeah, I, mean, hopefully, I hope so too hopefully they just do frontier since the downside yeah. to fetching is almost non-existent in the online setting where you just basically automatically fetch for something i think their exactly. biggest argument against fetch lands was that it takes a lot of time in paper magic and that it takes like five minutes to search and shuffle for cards total per match mm-hmm. yeah so with arena that downside is almost non-existent so yeah I really hope they go back all the way to M15, but we'll see how that goes. Okay, guys, this has mm-hmm. been pretty interesting. Anything else you guys want to say about Johnny's? Uh, anything you want to say about yourself, Aaron, before we, uh, we kick you off the show towards our ending? Well, basically just watch out for the next few seasons, I guess. You know I'm going to try some more crazy decks. <laughs> oh, definitely. We really appreciate having you on the show. We were hoping to have someone for every episode, and uh, it's really exciting to have someone that you know really is brewing every day. Uh, getting interesting decks out there and uh, a true Johnny. So we're glad to have you in the format. Yeah. It's been nice as well. Okay. So for everyone out there, just wrapping up the show, uh, anyone wants to reach out to us, we're at MTG frontier, mtgfrontier.net is our website. And we're also available through Reddit, discord, a lot of ways to reach out to us. And you can find me on Twitter at Yoshwenki, or you can check out my website, www.thejapanobvious.com. So uh, Aaron, you got any contact information you want to give out? Uh, yeah. Sure, you can find me on Twitter at, at some underscore Nambulist. And you can also find me on Discord at somnus 21 Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much. We look forward to being everyone's go-to source for frontier information online. Your final frontier, signing off. Mm-hmm.